Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 115 of the Caesus Show. It's your boy, Sir Caesars, and I'm back. I know I took a hiatus, but I mean, honestly, it's the NBA offseason. We all need a break. We all need to work on our craft behind the scenes, you know what I'm saying? Um, but no, there's no excuse, but definitely need a little break as well, too. And like I said, it's just been kind of quiet in the NBA stratosphere with the NFL, you know, happening and whatnot. Um, you know, I thought it would be beneficial to share a fire-ass episode featuring Chede XXIV and myself for episode 115. So I normally, you know, like to rehash 114. 114 was pretty straightforward. Uh, Chede XXIV and myself talked about major acquisitions and whatnot as well too. But today, there's some topics that kind of came about the last week or so, plus topics we just kind of wanted to create on our own. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my boy, my co-host, Trey Day, XXIV, what it do, baby, let's get it. You already know what's going on. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Trey Day, all day, coming to you live from Kids Next Door Moon Base. You already know from the other side of town where it rains and see well is on the other side of town where it never rains. You already know what's going on, man. What's good, sir? Caesars, what's going on with you? I'm doing great, man. Um, been a little up and down, but I feel pretty good. I don't know. Lately, I've just been kind of unmotivated to just tap into my creative uh, realm. But, um, you know, I'm using today as a stepping stone. I was like, yo, it's been a while since I recorded a podcast. We've, re- we've recorded a podcast. I kind of felt yeah. like I felt, felt kind of stuck in a sense as well, too. So I was like, well, let me get to the let me get to the scrump, scump, the old stomping grounds of where you know we release weekly by weekly. It just felt feels like within within the NBA context, like it's been very very slow. Obviously, NFL is kind of taking over, and I was just kind of searching for topics to kind of utilize or just you know bring it to fruition. But I was just like, all right, you know, took a little hiatus. Let's get back to it. You know, what I'm saying there's always something to talk about. There's, there's no excuse, but it's been pretty damn dry. I have to say as well too, but. Um, I'm doing good, man. You know, it's always a, a blessing to, to be on with you as well, too, where we, you know, talk basketball and, and I get your philosophical takes from time to time as well, too. So I, so I love that. And I got the, the whiz on right there. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I don't know if I don't think I was with you when I when I got the tattoo. Let me um, see. I don't know if you can see it fully. Let me show oh, wow. That's right tough. There. So there's a heartbeat. That Mom Dukes. Yeah, heartbeat. Side, but it's CKS Catherine Christine Sharp. So for me, it's always uh never give up on what you love and who you love, no matter what. So that's like my little first tattoo. So that was pretty dope. Definitely one more in the future. I don't wow. know if I'm like half a sleeve or full sleeve or just kind of all throughout, but we'll see how that goes and whatnot, man. But enough yeah. of me. How are you doing? <laughs> Check in with you. Man. I'm doing all right, man. Uh, granted, the opportunity to rest by by God, by the all, oh, by the Creator, I'm just gonna granted the opportunity to rest for a second. And my rest is just a little bit different. Like when I get down to like battle game mode, you know what I'm saying? I really like lock in, and I've been locked in the last couple of weeks just trying to make some stuff shake. And um, I got a call yesterday, and I kind of was able to relax a little bit. So I got a little bit, a little bit more time to like plan and really do some stuff a little bit more accurately, more strategic. I can't, I can't even talk. 
strategic <laughs> all right in, in, in a couple of ways so um it was it was, such, it was such a blessing to even you know get that uh get that ring for that and now you know explain more of that off camera um but yeah man other than that bro i've just been you know trying to search for fulfillment man um and and, yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because um i prepared a number of topics to talk about um, cause I didn't know if this was going to be the episode where you wanted to go one way uh, or the other way. So, so I just prepared like another number of stuff to just talk about, you know, I can spitball and that's kind of, you know, have a kind of conversational piece. Um, but even just to like dive into it, um, a little bit, just a little bit, and we'll get into the highest topics in the NBA. You already know what we're doing, but just to start off with, it's just, um, you know, in finding that purpose, um, kind of limiting other stuff that sometimes you felt like you had to be pulled to, um, simply because, you know, that was the environment you were in or that's that's what uh kind of the way the pattern you had built. So lately, like early in my, my life has kind of been just like shaving off on purpose. Like uh, me and my me and Manny actually call it just like the plateau. Like you're the plateau where I was at and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, there's so many other things we're like inundated with. And it's like, yo, like, why does this kind of feel empty? And why does this feel like this? This feel like this. And it's like, I don't really know why I am in this space, you know, in a social setting. It might be hella awkward sometimes. But he's like, yo, some people are trying to stunt, some people are trying to boom, boom, boom. But you're just like, man, I don't even kind of need to be here because I kind of want to walk in, in this kind of light alone. Um, it kind of feels like that. And going back to your, uh, to your, you know, kind of thing about, you know, kind of being up and down, trying to get back into that creative space. I had, I had some thoughts about just expression a while ago and just about how, like, how it was super important for everybody to have, like, an outlet in that. And I was kind of just saying specifically, I was like, yeah, I'm like black men, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and not to be patriarchal because black people, people of color, everybody needs this space, you know, I'm not, not trying to be exclu exclusivity, but me being a black man, kind of understanding black men as much as I can because I am a black man. I was like, man, like that, that space for expression is like, it, it's everything. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes, like, what do you do? We would all depends up. Some people put it into anger. They could channel it into, you know, whether it be good or bad things. But what if I have a space for expression, you know, a space for art, a space for, hey, this is something that I created. And you can interpret it however you like to interpret it. Um, but this is something I created. Um, and here it is to the world. You know what I'm saying? I'm an artist. I'm sensitive about my But maybe it's also something that's like, hey, I just wanted to do this to do that. Um, I think expression is really important for whether you get into a rut, whether you get into, you know, just a certain space. It's like, hey, can I can I do something that is not anything off my back, but it's just something I can put my natural energy into to whereas I can say, hey, I accomplished that. And it kind of all that stuff connects us. And I think me, you know, me big on music and stuff like that. I think that's why I love it probably so much. It's, all, it's one of those forms of things that connect and take people from here to there and so on and so forth. Uh, so podcast can be expression, um, acting, of course, expression and so on and so forth. So I'm glad that we got to come back to this and hey, let's get to the hottest topics. <laughs> yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, a preview of what's to come in the future. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I really, really love it, man. So got me thinking. So I always love yes, it. Man when I get to, you know, think. All right. So, I mean, damn, like I said, it, it's been a very, very dry 
off season post, uh, I guess like summer league and, and, and trades that have went down mm-hmm. and, and, and free agency and all that good stuff and whatnot. So, you know, we're going to, you know, try to stay within the relative topics of some things that are happening. And then we're just going to create our own topics and um, have some open dialogue with that as well, too. So the first thing I kind of want to talk about is Houston Rockets and John Wall working to find a trade as well, too. So from Tim McMahon, who is the ESPN staff writer, reported the Houston Rockets and John Wall have agreed to work together in an attempt to find a trade destination for the veteran point guard as the franchise is committed to moving forward with Kevin Porter Jr., Diamond in the Rough, and Jalen Green, who was their first round pick. The commitment to the 20-year-old Porter and 18-year-old Green leaves Wall, a five-time All-Star who was traded to Houston in the Russell Westbrook deal last year without a starting role. Wall, 31, is not expected to play for Houston as the team management of Wall mutually decide that the benched role for him wouldn't be beneficial to either party, sources said. Wall is due $91.7 million over the next two seasons, including a player option for $47.4 million in 2022-2023 season, a contract that makes attempting to trade him extremely difficult. Sources said the Rockets do not want to give up first-round draft competition in a wall trade and would not have interest in discussing a buyout until possibly after free agency next summer. Wall has wow. been into 113 games over the last four seasons due to a series of significant injuries, including an Achilles tendon tear that sidelined him for the entire 2019-20 season, the final year with the Washington Wizards. Wall averaged 20.6 points, 6.9 assists, and 40 games for the Rockets last season. So, trade day XXIV. Obviously, we have some. You know, we we we. Some people follow teams. Some people follow players. Obviously, I do a little bit of both. And some and some people have the that local support. So, with us being from essentially the DMV area, in a sense, the team that we gravitate towards is the Washington Wizards. So, obviously, our hometown hero would be John Wall. Bradley Beal and those boys as well, two people who've been groomed up from there. Um, what are your thoughts on the situation as well, too? If you're John Wall, do you do you see yourself sitting out? Do do you see yourself demanding a demanding um, a trade or 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 a buyout? What what is your thought process as John Wall, the basketball player? Um, John Wall, the basketball player. Um, I think I was watching an uh, interview with him and uh, Gilbert a while ago. Um, and maybe it was a little bit of an older interview. Um, it's a kind of 2021, like 2021, but um, just talking about how he, he's played on so many injuries lately and how he hasn't, you know, always been his full strength self. Um, so it's one of those things where we've seen the best of John Wall, but we might have not also seen the best of John Wall if I'm sitting and I'm John Wall myself, you know, it's like, yo, I pooped, I did the stand the third, um, but for the last five years, which is damn near a lot of his prime, he had like two, maybe three years left in his prime, maybe. Um, if we go by relative averages of prime, um, you know, I've been injured for the most of it. You know, I sat out with a freaking Achilles, I sat out with a knee, um, so on and so forth. And and I've sat through tumultuous um uh wizards um wizards performances and I've you know, sat in and, and been when we got beat by Cleveland because LeBron James was at his hand like Thanos over the East. Um, and, and if I'm saying him, I'm betting on myself, um, but I'm not trying to sit behind some rookies 
and, you know, maybe make the playoffs in two or three years because I don't have two or three years. I need it right now. I need to at least be on an eight seed at least, at least, you know. Um, so I think I think being John Wall right now, you're trying to, you know, get up and get out. You see the landscape. They drafted two guards that are clearly around his space. Um, clearly, um, and that was one of those things like, oh, should he play with them, whatever, like that. It's like, you no, know, we're trying to develop that talent, and we're thinking of a player like uh, John Wall. They're trying to groom them to be John Wall like. So, and I think the way the game's changing too, you, you, you're sitting there and you're feeling like, yo, you know, I got a good, I could probably play until I'm 36, 37, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, make a difference if I'm healthy. So right, maybe the the added time from him waiting, maybe midseason trade or whatever it works out, you know, maybe you know it just gives him time to even stay healthy and be a good product and stuff like that. Um, but but the biggest thing is like these young guys are coming up fast, and you know, people are not waiting for like oh you're gonna sit a few years behind this person. It's like no, it's like now we have them, might as well go out and play. Um, and John Wall doesn't have that luxury anymore, where it's like hey I can you know who the Rockets. Um, and to be honest. It's been a tough get out in Houston. You know, you get traded, um, but you kind of get traded into the middle of nowhere. James Harden doesn't want to play there anymore. He's ready to go poop with his man in Brooklyn. Um, and then you play that season uh, injury bug. You guys are not that great. The organization kind of sees what it will kind of be like trying to build around you at this age. And they say, hey, we're going to go a different direction, regardless of whose fault and whoever who, who feels that way, so on and so forth. So you're going in different – you just, all right, now let's – let me decide to go and get over here. What do you do? What do you do? You know, I have a major contract. I, got, I took big money in Washington. That's followed me to Houston. Now it's not the place for me anymore. Who's going to take my contract? A lot of times, those are not going to be the teams that are playoff eligible. So you're just trying to find the best spot for you to, um, you know, do what you need to do. Or maybe somebody that has cap space. And who would that be? And are they willing to bet on a, a John Wall that has been injury prone in the future? So um, I think one thing as big is, the biggest thing is protect my body so I can play until I'm 35, 36, keep supporting my family. Um, and the next thing is, can I get into a favorable position where I can hopefully compete? Um, who knows if he's thinking championship? You would think the competitor in John Wall's thinking championship, but at least compete uh, and, and be in a franchise that, you know, values me um, going into the, the sunset of my career um, as we kind of see it, only because we see guys that are coming in the league that are 19, 18 years old and killing stuff. So it's drastically changing. The guys that we grew up on um, the last few years are making their exit, you know, and, you know, LeBron's making it look sexy, but he's also, you know, in the process of making his exit as, as well as a lot of people on that team that we get talking about. So, yeah. Yeah, man. It's a pretty interesting situation as well too, right? Because you get paid off of your potential, combined with your productivity from that recent season and you also get paid depending on the market you're at how important you are to that specific organization as well too obviously when you're in a smaller market like the washington wizards is very it's very hard to come across you know getting that marquee free agent so you mostly have to like we always talk about get a trade or draft someone and kind of take that route where you given that max, those max dollars, which he was worth those max dollars as well too. But like we said, he's came off an Achilles injury, right? So yeah. 
he definitely showed you flashes of what he can do. Um, obviously, it looked like he was in and out the lineup. Um, he didn't play as many games as he would like to. And obviously, the biggest thing was they wanted for him or the organization rather to tank so they can basically start from the ground up after they depart from James Harden as well, too. So you would think um, you would they would try to make some noise with him as well, too. But it's looking like they want to go completely young. And um, they, it looks like they don't even want him to be any form of a you know, veteran presence um, in the locker room as well, too. So you're going to have to look to trade him or you're going to have to do what basically what they did with Al Horford for OKC. They sat him out the entire season. He has an inspiring contract, trading him back to Boston. He's competing again, or at least competing in the hopes of, you know, a playoff run, at, at least with, with the Celtics, with the emerging Tatum and emerging Brown and whatnot as well to the revamped team. So, um, I ideally I would want him to take a route in which CP3 had to do. You know, you went to a team who we basically thought weren't going to do anything once they got rid of Russell Westbrook and Paul George in OKC, and basically people thought he was quote unquote washed up, and he had an All Star caliber season, All NBA caliber season, and then because of that, even though we knew his contract was pretty big, we kind of looked at the landscape. Who is playing well? Obviously, OKC wants to go in a different route. But where can we make the 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 feeling mutual between the organization and myself as well too? And he found his ticket to the Suns next year. They go to the NBA Finals, and who who says you know if they if if if, if things don't if things change if things pan out you know they could be potential champions as well too. Russell Westbrook left left the Houston Rockets, got traded to the Washington Wizards, kind of matched John Wall's contract. We didn't really know what to expect. Obviously, they got hit with COVID and whatnot, and it just took a while for them to gel. Once they finally gelled, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, more so on Russell Westbrook's hand, on stand from Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook's standpoint, he was able to get them to, you know, playoff contention. We got excited yeah. first year doing playing games. Everyone was always tuning in and whatnot as well too. And because of that, he was able to catapult himself into a win now situation with the Lakers, and now they're a part of a super team with. Late with uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis as well, too. So it can definitely work, but I feel like we have to see him play right now for him to even get traded because right now he's making a lot of money. Right now he's come off that injury. Right now we're stressing shooting so much, the intangible so much that a lot I can see why some teams wouldn't want to, you know, you know, get for John Wall. Now let's say if John Wall made 30 to 37 million. He would get traded just like that because yeah, there's so man. many using right now that I can think of um, in, the, yeah. in my hand right now. Jamal Murray's out. Nuggets would be a good option. I mean, we just re-up with Reggie Jackson, but Kawhi's out for a little bit. That could be a, a nice landing spot as well, too. There's so many teams that he could kind of go to right now, but I don't know if you want to give up draft equity, and I don't know if you want to give up players that kind of fit your system that would equate to his $43, $44 million right now. So I think the best option for him is probably taking that Blake Griffin route, um, trying to get a buyout. But it's looking like for most players, they get a buyout on an expiring contract. And the fact yeah. that he has multiple years left, I don't really see that as a realistic um, you know, option of happening for him. So I think he's going to take that route where he has to sell like a Al Horford, continue to work on his game, to continue to be a professional. Um, and then next season, going into the offseason, probably – finally get a trade if someone wants to bite that bullet just for that year as well too will it be a competitive team i don't know because most competitive teams disperse their money 
um, in the sense where you have as much time around your star or star players as, as much as possible. So mm-hmm. um, it's just going to be one of those things where we're going to have to continue to wait. But I would love for John Wall to be in an environment where he actually has a chance to showcases full capabilities um, on the biggest stage was that which is the NBA playoffs and even the bigger stage eventually um, with the NBA finals as well too to answer your question answer our question as well too so John Wall just continue to do what you got to do the Lord works in mysterious ways so we've there's been a lot of a lot of players who we thought would never be be a champion a lot of players who we thought would never go to the finals you're just never be in a different situation so we're going to continue to monitor that Keep you in our prayers, and we're gonna see what's we see what's gonna happen in you know this upcoming season or next season or, or who knows um, as well too. Another thing I want to talk about is Dennis Schroeder, bro. Um, obviously, <laughs> Dennis Schroeder has been the laughing stock of the NBA um, because, in part, he assumed him and his agents assumed assume that he he was a max contract type of player i mean obviously he had a great se- a pretty great season as a six man with okc you know everyone got excited when he got traded for danny green and some and basically we thought he was going to be that point guard that lebron needed going into the last end tail end of his prime as well too we thought he was going to be that nice piece for anthony davis for lebron james and them boys as well too Obviously, he underperformed, and then he even underperformed even more in in in, in the playoffs when LeBron even most went. Anthony Davis went down with the with the with the sole lower leg injury as well too. So, um, he went from trying to. I think he actually got what 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 deal he got? I think he got a twenty year a, a, a four year eighty four million dollar deal with the Lakers. Yeah. Turned that shit down, and now I think he's only making like five point three million dollars as well too ticket of social media um, and he put a picture of him uh you know basically poking fun of himself saying i'm gonna do this one one time and so your best fumble the bag joke here i wouldn't do that but you know sometimes you just gotta laugh laugh through the pain as well too what are your thoughts on him fumbling the bag man let me let me hear your thoughts on that um dennis shorter i mean i'm not gonna knock a man for believing in himself you know what i'm saying so I mean, and and in, in, in hindsight, maybe it was fumbling a bag, or in retrospect, maybe it was fumbling a bag. But you know, going, I was on like a one-year deal, so and so on and so forth. If he has a good season this year, being what 28, 29, something like that, maybe like twenty-seven, maybe. Maybe he's not the, he's not super super old. Um, you, you know, you, you get to that and um, have a good year. Huh? He's two, he's twenty-eight. Yeah. Okay. You get to that. You have a good year. I mean, you sat for the next three, four years until you're 31 or whatever like that. You know, 32 maybe, something like that. So you know, take the six now. Shit, they might throw him a 80 on a contender team next year. Which you could say, oh, the Lakers were a contender team. Go ahead and stay with the Lakers. And then when some of those other guys are retiring, they're going to keep you. But maybe he was also saying, hey, this is the Lakers. Um, yeah, they are giving me this little contract, and I might be for two or a few years or whatever like that. Um, but I know how Rob Palenka works, and if I underperform, then I'm going to be right out of here on the next train anyway, and that could put me in a longer drought in my career. So maybe it's, it was more realistic, whoever he was talking to, to take that and, um, you know, find a re-up on the back end rather than say, hey, I'm going to have another season like this after I get signed for that four-year deal. Um, but then they're going to freaking probably sit me 
and then get me out of here looking at how uh, kind of how that that little conglomerate of, of agents and, and, and uh, you know sometimes clutch works kind of work over there they, they can get you out of there real fast because you know we saw kind of a Montrez Harrell kind of thing happen and you know he's like oh we're probably gonna be playing for the Lakers so on and so forth like nah they kind of took him from the Clippers didn't play him and then got him up out of there it was really interesting kind of work there and not saying that would have been Dennis Schroeder's because they did need some guards but you know, with probably rumblings that, you know, Russ is coming, boom, boom, boom. And, you know, he's that gritty kind of guard. So I could see him playing in those um, crunch time bench minutes. But at the same time, again, a, two, a, a few false moves um, with that pressure on, and you could find yourself in a worse position than you started at, even if it is, you know, playing in L.A. for that year. And then, dang, they, find, they found me a new spot that I didn't want to be in. So maybe the guidance he took is better. Maybe the, the pressure is less. They're in Boston, he'll figure it out, and then he'll go, you know, go to a team that is a contender, possibly in the East or a contender uh, again in the West. And, you know, it's not foreign to see the Lakers circle back on people, you know. It's, it, it, we don't, we've seen that plenty of times in the last few years, at least. So he's playing well, a veteran presence, and he can he messes with the guys over there. Um, who knows if he might not get back over there again, you know. But uh, deep on the back. In hindsight, yes. Only time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only time will tell for real as well, too. So the thing about him, I, I while you were, you know, having um, your conversation in regards to Dennis Schroeder fumbling the ball and whatnot, I actually looked up if you're including, I think, this season um, as well. So I think he played a total of nine seasons so far. Um, he's made a career earnings of 74 plus million dollars as well too so it may be a joke for us because if you're comparing him to the actual over 300 nba players it's like damn you dumbass like you don't have a pass up on brett like that as well too and i know lately uh you know lebron just i have to i think will have to be the pioneer of that as well too with you know, doing these one-year deals and betting on yourself and whatnot. He kind of created that model as well, too. But there's levels to this shit. There's only a couple of players that can do that shit, like a KD, like a LeBron James, or even like a Kawhi Leonard as well, too. And if you've learned anything these past, these past, this past seasons, even with injuries and whatnot, is if you're not, it's good to bet on yourself as well, too, but it's also good to be realistic with yourself as well, too. But looking at that landscape, even with Rich Paul um, and what's homie's name that's on the that's on the uh, the Knicks right now, who he fought a lawsuit against him. Nerlens Noel, um, he yeah, could have no. got a bigger bag, but he was listening to X, Y, and Z agents or other advisors, and they basically said no. And then he got a veteran's minimum. He finally got someone of a good deal, but mm-hmm. he missed that on the bag as well too. If you can get that bag, bro, secure that shit, secure that shit, secure that shit. Secure yeah. that shit, bro. <laughs> Got to secure that shit now. So, well, him is a learning lesson. But like we said, he's still relatively young. He can still get one or two more good deals. I mean, if you look at Chris Paul right now, he's still getting mills. Look at Kyle Lowry. He's still getting mills. Look at LeBron James. He's still getting mills. Obviously, some of them are not anomalies and whatnot. But he's still relatively young. He's proven that he he can be a, a good piece to a team. Um, I don't know if he can necessarily be that 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 piece you need to get over the hump, but the fact that he's making five point nine million dollars, it looks like he's probably going to be the starting point guard for the Boston Celtics. They're going to go really small with him and Marcus Smart in backcourt with Tatum, Brown, and then at the center you got Horford. I think this is a prove it deal as well too. So 
I want to try mm-hmm. to jack up a lot of shots. If he plays within the system and make a good run, I think he's going to get rewarded as well, too. So it's just one of those things where it's, it's a learning experience. I think he is. A, he seems like a glass half full guy where he's learned from his mistakes and he's going to basically better himself moving forward as well, too. So the joke's on us because he's the rich one still compared to the average American oh as well, too. So um, it is, although it is kind of funny as well, too, like I said, it's a learning experience. So as long as he can, you know, just perform, outperform the 5.9 million or whatever X amount of dollars he's making this year and, and make a the deep playoff run and play consistent because it's all about consistency, right? If he can be mm-hmm. consistent on a nightly basis, especially when the match most in the playoffs, he's definitely going to get paid as well too. But definitely want to bring that topic of conversation up. Some more of the story, ladies and gentlemen, or NBA players and my, my WNBA players as well too. When you get off of that contract, take that bag. You can always re-up as well, too, because it seems like old is the new young in the NBA. People playing today in their late 30s now, which is insane to me as well. Crazy. Um, Diamond Mitchell uh, basically was in in the news in a sense as well, too. So two things that he, you know, he kind of talked about. So on last year's run and his improvement as well, too. Um, so two things he said, I'm going to go through then and ask you this question. Um, first, in regards to his injury. I've kind of got a, he, he and I quote, I've kind of got to a point where I'm appreciative of the injury for myself, the ankle injury. Obviously, he suffered um, before the playoffs started, missed a game or two, I believe, in the first round against Memphis. They ended up beating them and then they lost to the Clippers in six games as well, too. So going back with that, I've kind of got to a point where I'm appreciative of the injury for myself, for my personal growth on and off the floor. I think that injury really kept me on the ground for the entire playoffs and has allowed me to have to make decisions on the ground slow it down different things that's really opened uh, things up to where I was like okay this is another level a layer of my game that I can get to without the athleticism so I'm happy about this this comment that he said because what can you tell the audience what is the definition of insanity Sanity is certainly doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. That is certainly the definition. That is certainly the definition. And I (laughs) I love that comment from Donovan Mitchell because there's people who can get that work in, but they don't see growth. And then there's people who kind of dissect the why behind things. They're actually students of the game. And this is not even on the, just on, just in the basketball standpoint, this is in, in what you, what what you are trying to pursue your passions and whatnot as well too. So that for the, for him to be at that, at such a young age and for him to be aware of, you know, looking at that as a blessing in disguise and trying to find ways to improve because he knows your body is your money maker as well too. So if he, mm-hmm. he can find ways to basically mold his body um, and, 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 and make it for the long run and find ways to basically score without utilizing too much of his athleticism in a sense, like kind of Goku when he just uses uh, Kaioken at certain points or he don't even go up another notch as well too. And he's going to last a long, a long time as well too. So I really appreciate that comment, but more importantly, for this topic, um, he said later on in this interview as well, too, no slight to Phoenix or the Milwaukee Bucks or the Clippers, you know, but I feel like we were we were healthy. If we were healthy, we get to the finals. I feel like we will win. But, you know, it's all easy when you say it's when you say ifs and or buts. It's easy to kind of say that. So obviously Donovan Mitchell 
played 10 playoff games this last season, averaged 32 points, five and a half assists, over one steal, shot 44.7% from the field and over 43% from the three as well, too. If Diamond Mitchell doesn't hurt his ankle and retweak it, if Mike Conley doesn't have that hamstring injury, do you believe that Diamond Mitchell would have gotten past the Clippers and then gotten past the Clipper, I mean the Suns, and then at least had a shot of going to the NBA Finals to beat the Bucks? Let me hear your thoughts. Mm, the Clippers would have been a tough one. The Suns play really, really, really good defense too. Um, so you know, that uh that was the Western Conference Finals matchup with Clippers and Suns. The Clippers would have been a tough one regardless, but they didn't have uh, Kawhi, um, had a little bit more size inside. But what we saw was um, that was that game where Rudy Gobert got roasted uh, by the kid on the Suns. He got absolutely roasted, so he kind of pulled him out, and he was just cooking him in that last final game. Um I don't 100% believe in it, but looking at it last year, um, had you gotten hot and they kind of would have had a run possibly similar to what the Nuggets were doing and what they were doing in the bubble, which could have gotten, got, you know, would have, could have happened. We didn't really see the full force of the West last year at all uh, with, you know, the injuries all season with the Lakers, um, with Jamal Murray going down, you know, in that pick and roll that is, damn near impossible to stop. And, you know, that nagging injury or that injury that happened with Donovan Mitchell. So realistically, we were looking for those teams to, you know, be staples, the Lakers, the Nuggets, Denver, uh, I mean, uh, Utah. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, had Kawhi been healthy, we were probably looking at those four teams in the the conference finals, you know, Lakers, Nuggets, Denver, and Clippers. So two LA teams and the other outliers. Um, so is there stock into what he's saying? Yes, of course. I think that probably could happen very, very, very well. But we saw a team get hot at the right time. Um, we saw a team in the Clippers, the guys like Reggie Jackson stepped up and played and earned his freaking money because he was hooping. He was really hooping. Um, but in a perfect world, and you just came off a season like that where you go down to um, Jamal Murray and Jokic, um, and you pretty much played them neck and neck, and you're right there. You're just inching it away, um, and the other team couldn't really hold you. I would make the same comment. I would feel the same way, and it could have happened. It could have happened, but because of injury bugs and because of what we saw, we have to, you know, get to the fact of, you know, who who knows, who knows. Because if, if you're saying, yo, if me and Mike Conley were healthy, um, then I'd have to say, you know, what if – such and such was healthy. And what if, you know, LeBron and them were healthy all year? You know, it would have been a totally different scenario. Would they have had a shot at it? Um, yes, in some capacity. But um, a whole lot of what-ifs and hypotheticals. <laughs> yeah, a whole lot of what-ifs and hypotheticals as well, too. I kind of try not to live in the what-ifs, uh, you know, mindset, but it's just – It's not Marvel. To kinda, yeah, it's not Marvel, right? <laughs> that was a good one. Um, but it's kind of it's kind of hard to you know kind of you know live in that what if scenario because 
injuries are a part of the game as well, too. I mean, that's that's probably the biggest deciding factor on, um, you know, making a making a huge run or, or winning the finals um, injury mixed with obviously X's and O's and 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 your role players at the end of the day as well, too, because one thing that's pretty consistent is your is your top tier players, your star players, but the role players, I'd, I'd have to say, mixed with coaching and, and, and your health have been the deciding factors of advancing deeper and deeper in the playoffs as well, too. I mean, obviously, they're a little banged up and whatnot, but like we said, with the Clippers, they were kind of banged up as well, too, even though I think they start off down, I mean, going up 2-0. If you look at both of those games, the Clippers kind of pretty much outplayed them um, as well, too, when there were games that kind of went down to the wire. And even for Kawhi to kind of go down game three and no game four, and then for them to go to to go to Utah in a hostile environment, win that, and then finish that joint at home without Kawhi, just uh-huh. seeing just seeing Kawhi in 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 his in his peak with his playoff time, I think that the Clippers were because Mike. I mean. I can't think of his name, the coach for the uh, Phoenix. Oh, Snyder. He didn't even mm. really make that many adjustments. Um, didn't. Didn't really make that many adjustments. And I still feel like even though Conley was an all-star because of injuries this year, not to knock him or anything like that, Utah really still didn't have that other player that they can kind of go to. They kind of ever did everything by committee. But at the, at the end of the day, you need that pressure off of Diamond Mitchell. I just don't know looking down that roster, who's going to be the person to help him. So, I mean, maybe they could have beat the Clippers. Maybe not. Maybe they could have beat the Phoenix Suns. Maybe not. But I truly believe if they got to the finals and played against the way that Giannis was playing with mm-hmm. Middleton and Drew Holiday, I don't think they would have won that right. as well, too. So, it's good. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. So, it's good for him to, you know, be, be optimistic, be confident. Like you said, it, it, if you why not bet on yourself? But like to say, to play the what-if game, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice as well, too, because like you said, what if James Harden was healthy? What if Kevin Durant never goes down? What if Giannis never gets fully healthy? What if Trey Young doesn't get that bone bruise? What if LeBron James at 80? Like, the, anything could have happened, you know what I'm saying? So you just kind of uh-huh. have to take it for what it is and whatnot as well, too. But I do love the optimism, and I do think that next year, even though we are – creating this scenario that is going to be Nets, Lakers, Nets, Lakers, Nets, Lakers, I still think that they're going to be one of those um, hard outs. And depending on what seedings are going to look like, they can still make a deep playoff run and, and potentially get to, um, you know, the finals as well, too. So I don't knock them on that decision, but realistically, hell no. Yeah, yeah, you won't go and get that as well, too. You won't, you uh, won't uh, get that. Um, moving on from there. Carmelo Anthony um, has just released a book, which I'm probably going to try to cop within a week or two because I've become a fan of not even just self-care books, but just memoirs of NBA players. So one of my favorites is obviously Mama Mentality. My other one is Andre Iguodala, the sixth man as well, too. And Melo came out with a book called Where's Tom- Where Tomorrows Aren't Promised, a memoir of survival and hope as well, too. Um, there's a couple, there's a description about it. I just want to kind of bring it to light. Um, from iconic NBA all-star, Carmelo Anthony comes a raw and inspirational memoir about growing up in the housing projects of Red Hook in Baltimore, a, br- a brutal world where tomorrows aren't promised. For a long time, Melo um, wasn't any larger than the view of the hoopers and hustlers he watched from the side window of his family's first floor project apartment in Red Hook, Brooklyn. He couldn't dream any bigger than emulating his older brothers and cousins, much less going on to become a basketball champion on the world stage. He faced a palpable 
if he faced palpable dangers growing up in the housing projects in Red Hook and West Baltimore's Murphy homes. He navigated an education system that ignored, exploited, or ostracized him. He suffered the untimely deaths of his closely held loved ones. He struggled to survive physically and emotionally, but with the strength of family and the guidance of key mentors on the streets and on the court, he pushed past lethal odds to endure and thrive as well, too. So I really like this book. Um, I'm excited to read as well, too. It's always nice to see um, and hear stories from NBA players on how they kind of, you know, beat the odds as well, too, because, you know, being a person of color, we kind of already playing um, at a disadvantage no matter what no matter what what field we're in as well too so I definitely um, want to shed light on that promote a little bit and whatnot as well too and encourage people to cop it but more importantly with mellow obviously when you come out with the book as well so I kind of want to do that in the future we'll see what happens with that um, you have your press runs as well too so one on ESPN and other, you know, different um, shows and kind of, like I said, you know, hyped up his book and whatnot because it did release at either this week or early last week. I can't really remember right now. But Stephen A. Smith on ESPN First Take asked him, you know, is this championship or bust as well, too? And he said it's definitely championship bust with the with the caliber of players that we have and, and the age of where we're at and the stage of where we're at as well, too, and whatnot. So I want to ask you, for the Los Angeles Lakers, Hollywood, primetime, you got Melo, you got Ron, you got Westbrook, you got AD, you got some nice vets, you got Dwight back, you got Ariza, you got all these players right here. Is this a championship bust, championship or bust season for the Los Angeles Lakers? Yes. And why is that? <laughs> Simple as that. Um, I mean, you're Los Angeles Lakers. That's why you make those moves. That's why you're so aggressive in the offseason. That's why, you know, your team is damn near not the same team that you made last year other than, like, one or two, three pieces. You know what I'm saying? You make moves that you think are good the year before and shit, then um, very moves come available, and you make those moves. And you do them on the fly on the fly. That's why people are signed to one-year, two-year deals at max in your city because you always want to be competing for a championship. It's not, hey, we're going to build for the long term. We're a big market where – we're producing, uh, you know, movie stars. We have to be a hot topic because um, if we're not a hot topic, um, you know, there's other industries that are going to beat us out. And that can be, you know, there's a thousand and one things that happen on the Staples Center when we're not practicing, you know, when we're not playing and so on and so forth. We're competing with too many different industries for us not to be good, for us not to be um, producing a product that's um, quality. This is Hollywood. I got to put a show on. You know what I'm saying? So that's the mindset in LA that's how it was before how it was it will be after and how it is now um and, and almost you know whether it's a bad team for LA or a greatly assembled team of young guys people in their prime or vets on their way out the time is now and it always will be so even now probably you have the best player that we've seen in, in such a long time um you have his but his friends uh the veterans that can play um, are willing to sacrifice now, kind of understands, or maybe on that cusp of understanding what it means to win a championship. Um, you, you sit there and you buy in, and, you know, that's why you go there. That's why you go there, because if not, they could have went to anywhere else. They could have went anywhere else, but they came there to win a championship. So for a lot of guys, it is championship or bust. Maybe not necessarily for LeBron James or for Anthony Davis that might, has more time left in his career and so on and so forth. But for a lot of those guys, like, yo, I came here. 
don't know. Who knows how long Melo's going to be playing. You know, he's the same age as LeBron, but not the same mobility, I, I don't believe. Um, who knows? Right? That's why That's why you get in there, and that's why you, you say, hey, I'm going to the Lakers with LeBron, a guy that we can put someone together in the, in the regular season. We can get that um, one through five seed and probably four and up. Um, but after that, in playoffs, we're zero dark 30, and we're, you know, has steam going towards the championship, going towards the finals, and figuring it out. Mm, I like that. I like that. Honestly, yeah, you're right. There's really no need to comment more on that as well, too. Since LeBron beat the the post-old-school bad boy Pistons in 2007 to end up losing to the San Antonio Spurs, that sweep, um, it's been championship robust for him ever since then as well, too. So I don't expect it to not be championship robust if, if, if you're a LeBron James-led team as well, too. And, uh, you know, with the criticism that's AD's been facing, although he's already a champion, uh, the the stigma behind playing with Russell Westbrook and and people, you know, making these different narratives about Watch King and whatnot as well, too, and just L.A. just being accustomed to that championship lifestyle. It, it's going to definitely be championship of buses now as well, too. So I'm excited to see, um, you know, what comes of this season and, and how long it takes for them to gel and and how they're going to manage uh, everyone else as well, too, with the rigorous schedule part two um, and whatnot as well, too. So it's going to be interesting to see how everything kind of comes together. But I'm definitely excited to see uh, a new Showtime Lakers and, and and see, you know, what the upside is, is, is going to look like as well, too. Uh, moving on from, mm-hmm, go ahead. Last thing, for a lot of these guys, um, are they great players? Yes. But you add them in the conversation with the ring, no matter when you have it, but just looking at how history is kind of written, they become some of the best players of all time. You know what I'm saying? Like Russell Westbrook, oh, he's a great player. He's a great player. Like, it's that reverence and that kind of joke, that running joke you want with Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley was one of the greatest NBA players. You know what I'm saying? But then you like that of all time piece. When you run it, win the championship, that's the cherry on top, man. Like, shoot, we forget about can he, can we play? Can he play with him? Can he play with other people? Is he the reason? So on and so forth. You put a championship or a ring right beside Russell Westbrook's name. He's one of the greatest players of all time. Triple double, average in the floor. He won it later in his career. Cool, whoever, who cares? In, in thirty years, you know what I'm saying? Because you're not going to really understand what this period meant. You know what I'm saying? Carmelo Anthony. Oh, you know, he played with it. No, he had one of the, he's the, one of the best scorers other than KD the game has ever seen. One of the greatest of all time. Because he has that ring. We don't talk about them the same way. They don't have that ring. It's just how, it's how history works. It's how our human brains work. We're not going to look back at this year and be like, oh, did he win a championship? Yes. Oh, he's one of the greatest of all time. Because there are people that probably did some of that stuff but couldn't win a championship. And that's they don't want their legacy to be submitted in that. I'm telling you, somebody that was, does triple doubles every single season should be in that conversation. There should be no debate. We debate Russell Westbrook into the ground. And we, you know what I'm saying, all that stuff. But, oh, Russell Westbrook won a championship? He's one, oh, he's an NBA champion. No, he's one of the greatest players to ever play the game at guard, one of the most athletic. You know what I'm saying? It changes the whole narrative. We don't even talk about, can he, is he a good teammate? Did he do this? No, he's an NBA champion, and he did this. These are his stats for his career. He's a freaking bucket. You know what I'm saying? It changes everything. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. I agree with you as well, too, man. Uh, it don't mean that. What's Skype people say? Don't mean a thing if you don't got a ring. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, no, I definitely feel you on that. On that end as well, too. Um, the NBA uh, came out with the announcement the other day that they're discussing a midseason tournament. So the NBA is discussing the possibility of having an in-season tournament in future seasons that would reward one million dollars in prize to each player according to the athletic shams charania charania states the discussion was had at a comp competition committee called monday the idea would resemble a european style in season tournament to break up the regular season schedule a bit and teams um the potential of winning another trophy aside from the nba title and incentivize the players with an additional pay day as well too um what are your thoughts on the potential of having a mid-season tournament? I think it boosts ratings, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to be great for the players. You already have a long season as it goes. I mean, who's going to buy into that? I mean, it might be one of those teams. Like, I could see, like, a Charlotte winning that. You know what I'm saying? Because, <laughs> like, yo, like, don't hurt yourself. We're trying to win the NBA championship. It's like you have to give it meaning. You really have to give it meaning. And to have a mid-season, like a Christmas tournament, like, for high school – Maybe that meant a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, hey, I don't get to play these teams. I don't get to see these people. I don't get to be on this stage uh, unless it's the Christmas tournament just because maybe where my school is, where my district is, so, so on and so, so forth like that. Or even, um, you know, uh, the, the preseason tournaments for college, you know what I'm saying? Like Maui Invitational and stuff like that. It's like, yo, um, I'm going to be put on the stage. I get some more looks. This is the national stage, whereas my games might not get televised if I'm somewhere else, um, but maybe they'll see me. Maybe they'll see me if we win our conference and I go to NCAA. But no, NBA is different, man. I'm doing this as a routine. I'm trying to win a championship for my legacy, so on and so forth. And, and it, it's going to incentivize the teams in the smaller markets to, to get in and, like, hey, let's win this game. Well, I'll have a, a, a million more dollars. But if I'm, like, the Lakers or something like that, we old. Hey, young boys, go out there. Y'all play. Hey, put, put LeBron is questionable. Put Carmelo is questionable. Put Russell Westbrook is, uh, you know, hamstring. Cool. You know, go do do y'all do y'all thing. You know what I'm saying? We got we going to Mahomes real quick. We'll be back. You know, banana boat guys type shit. Um, I just don't see it being enticing to 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 the to the men. You know, it's not it's not one of those things. Do I I like it? Yeah, it gives us more basketball. But I feel like it's more of a young guy's thing. What they should do is they should do a like mid-season like g league thing you know or you know bring some like overseas guys and such and such like that like they should have like a, almost a mid-season like tbt type tournament you know where it's like hey we'll have the g league teams and then we'll have one foreign team or a team made of foreign players and so on and so, so forth like that to where we can see like a little bit more exciting competition um and guys that we don't know or guys that we followed and they're taking that gap year or that that ignite team and such and such or like that but i just don't think the motivation is going to be there for the, the veterans and the, the real people that are going to be here in late june or mid june you know what i'm saying yeah like i get what they're doing like you said it, it's more so to boost the ratings um you know and uh expand the game uh, from a from a global standpoint as well too so i get that as well and i and i guess they're trying to kind of take the model of soccer and how they have like numerous cups even though they're playing for their league and, and then there's also like the 
you know, prize possession, like the uh, Champions League and whatnot as well, too. But I feel like with the NBA, with us being such a small, a small, I don't know how to say it, but. We're a small have, population of, you know, we're, we're not, small, we're not as grandiose yeah. as, uh, as soccer, it, you yeah. know. Exactly. So we're, we're a small population. And I think we, we've, these, all these years we've glorified the NBA championship. I don't want them to kind of taint that one. And then two, like you said, it's not made for the made men It's made for these younger players who are trying to prove themselves as well too. So I don't really see top tier players kind of playing for that when you risk, you know, your blood, sweat and tears all off season, all regular season to propel yourself to get into that, to get into the playoff mode as well too. So I think that's kind of dumb to me. I mean, if they want to do something where it's like, all right, Instead of 82 games, we're just going to have 72 games like we did last year. But out of those 72 games, you're really only going to have like 60 regular season games. And then we're going to use these games to do the tournament. I can see them kind of reverse engineering that as well, too. But I kind of agree yeah. with you at all points. There's really no point if we should find an alternative route as well, too. Because I do think that kind of taints the, the championship as well, too. And like, where are you going to put this? Oh, he was a five-time champion and one-time in mid-season tournament champion. Like, who cares about that? That that's just kind of dumb to me. So, uh, yeah. knowing Adam Silver, we already had a playing tournament. I think that's good enough. You know, what I'm saying exactly. Let's not changing. I'm a progressive person, but there's certain things that shouldn't be messed with as well. So I feel like that's not one of the things that should be messed with as well. Yeah. Um. Obviously, with Ben Simmons, man, um, you know, there's been rumors that he's going to potentially sit out this season. Um, he may be holding out. We don't really know what's going on. We seen At this point, he should just play. <laughs> At this point, he should Sorry. just play, right? At this point, he should definitely just play. So they've come up with numbers, right? And they basically said, if Ben Simmons holds out, what are the ramifications? One, they're saying a player who falls, who fails to render services can be fined up to one one forty fifth his base salary for every day missed. Um, so that means that Simmons could forfeit two hundred twenty seven thousand dollars plus for every practice and game missed if enforced by seventy sixes as well too. So wow. I think they're doing eighty two games this year. That's two hundred twenty seven six hundred thirteen times eighty two. $18 million he could definitely miss out on as well, too. That's I'm all true. about getting my bread. Ain't nobody touching my money. Unless I'm doing that buy when you take a little percentage back, ain't nobody touching my hard-earned <laughs> money. So regardless, I'm going to motherfucking play. I'm going to motherfucking soak it up. We already know, like, we think you're great, bro. All of us think you're great. Obviously, we'd be making jokes and whatnot as well, too, but it's because how great we know you can be as well, too. Once you go over this little hurdle, go hoop. You know this little hurdle, you're going to be fine. Like, you're going to get – you're so great that you're going to always get criticized no matter what you do as well, too. It means that you're kind of doing something right, but obviously he's not quite doing everything right in a sense as well, yeah. too. But I think with him, go out and play. Turn off social media. Obviously, you're gonna hear some shit for every arena that you go to if you're out in the street and whatnot as well, too. But if you can get over that hump and not care what people think and kind of find this root cause of why you want to do this or why this is hindering you, I think you can still be one of the best players as well, too, man. So it's just a matter of believing in yourself. But you know, what are your thoughts on the whole Ben Simmons situation? You think he should play? You think he's gonna play? You think he's gonna get traded by before training camp? During midseason, like, what's your whole thought process behind all this? 
Well, I mean, I injected and you know, y'all know my thoughts already. But um, the, the <laughs> thing is, it's uh, it's uh, you know, I understand, man, about my pride. I want to stand on my word. I want to, you know, have my feelings and, and let the feelings be my feelings. You know what I'm saying? I, I get that. Um, you know, there's me on a regular basis is very not egotistical. Um, at least in in, in the areas that I occupy. Um, so it's like, yo, like, you know do whatever, you know, some business, whatever. And you're still on a contender team. Like, uh, you know, the Hawks got y'all last year or whatever, but it's tough to say, hey, you know, this is this when it's kind of something you can control. So it's like, yo, if I just all my layups and, you know, and we lost the game, that's one of those things was like, all right, well, shit, let me make at least half of my layups, you know, or let me like at least be a little bit more aggressive. You know, I don't think there's ever going to be a scenario where they're just like standing at the block and letting Ben Simmons just be all the way at the uh, three point line, just wide open. You know, what could we say? Uh, but I don't think there's ever going to be that kind of scenario. They might sag back, you know, to like the the the, the three the the, um, the free throw line or something like that. But it's like he can still affect a game. You can still make the right pass. You can still drive to a certain point and kick to a certain point. You can still get into the paint and go up. Like you guys were right there with the Hawks. They have some good, great games. That they, they make Trace Young look like a superstar. Yes, but also Trey Young made himself look like a superstar. You know. So um, I think it's one of those things where it's like, yo, like decompress, breathe. When am I going to get a chance to play for another championship, you know, or, or get deep into, like, the conference finals because of who I am, because of my status, unless I just start taking, like, a, a tier less of pay? Let me go and let me hoop with the people I came with, you know what I'm saying? But maybe the relationship is irreconcilable, and I got to go, you know. But it doesn't seem like it necessarily is because nobody has wanted them, nobody has traded for them. Um, it's tough because we always talk about, you know, mental health and stuff like that. And maybe it is a thing, but I'm not sure, you know, just like maybe Martel Folks was a thing as well, or maybe he was injured from something we hadn't seen or hadn't got reported on. Um, but if we're talking about mental, you know, that's one of those things, man. You, like, you can't force anybody to shoot. You can't, you know, it's, it's just not in his behavior. And you have to know that a pawn moves like a pawn, queen moves like a queen, and so on and so forth. You know, that's the moves they have. So how can I, you know, be a chess player that I am and boom, boom, boom. It's just weird when you see a basketball player not taking shots. Um, and, and that's the only reason we're having this conversation because he won't shoot because he won't shoot. But we have it over and over again. And, you know, that's the constant thing. You know, for me, one, shame on you. We talked about insanity earlier. You know, this is kind of insanity. So I'm not going to say, hey, all you got to do is shoot. Like, no, he's not going to shoot. We know this for a fact. That is reality. He is not going to shoot. So, with that information, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> you know, so, hey, hey, I mean, I, I, I would love to see Ben Simmons play. I think he's a very good player, uh, a great athlete, somebody that, you know, is going to be ushering in this this new age uh, of, of basketball. And, you know, he's got, damn near, you know, a vet at this point, and, our older vets are going to be retiring, so he's somebody we kind of want to see play, how he plays defense, um, how he facilitates, how he kind of gets to the basket because of his uh, athleticism. He's a 
what, six, seven, eight point guard, if not taller. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Magic Johnson, you know? He's, you know, he's just not a shooter. So it's like, whew, who, what we would be talking about and who would we be comparing him to if he really, you know, let that thing fly is a totally different dimension. But it is what it is, and you have to do it how you do it. The funny thing is these teams are not taking him. It's like, yo, he's a 6'10 point guard. So, like, you know, there's is there a team with a lot of length that I can add him to and so on. You know what? I knew, You know what will happen? I think this year might happen. However it will go. And then some team's going to make a really quick deal for him. They're going to get him for a steal. Like, you know, I don't – it wouldn't be possibly like a Bucks. You know what I'm saying? But it could be, you know, that kind of scenario. Like a team like a Bucks or a team like kind of a team like that of – a team that might have been in contention a few years ago and boom, just went and got him. It's like, oh shit, like, you know. So we'll see what happens. And sometimes you just need a drastic life changing event to kind of get that reality check within yourself to want to kind of change as well, too. So I think a new environment would be great for him. And there's always there's already the writing on the wall that's saying that he's not interested as well, too. But regardless, I'm gonna be a professional and I'm not gonna pass up on. Eighteen million dollars. Fuck that. Yeah, you're not taking my bread. I don't give a fuck unless they kind of figure right. out some John Wall shit where they're gonna pay him regardless if he, if he sits out, like or how to do with Al Horford. But if y'all gonna dock me with my bread, nigga, I'm just gonna play like, and I'm gonna do do what I gotta do because it's proven, at least in the regular season, he's nothing but a plus for them in all aspects. He generates the most threes for them. He's a running freight train. He's damn near like a, he can be like a LeBron James based player, but he does everything right, but he just doesn't want to shoot the motherfucking ball. So I'm taking that with Embiid any given day than having him on, having him not playing and Embiid kind of just overutilizing his body and kind of running his body into the ground as well, too. So if I'm the 76ers, I play him, I treat him with the utmost respect. Try to find some some a, a good trade, some down the line, and 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 hit that trade button because it it clearly looks like he's not interested anymore as well too. So we'll see. But man, we talked about Marvel. What if earlier we need an NBA? What if? What if Ben Simmons? <laughs> the ball, bro. Like they would. Well, they they would probably win the championship this year. No cap. They would have beat the. That'd be team. a crazy segment. NBA. What if? <laughs> what if? You know, Carmelo got drafted by the Pistons. What if AI? <laughs> Won a championship. Oh, what if Kobe stayed in Charlotte? That'd be crazy. Yeah, that That'd be, be a cool, dope. dope series. That would be a dope-ass series, honestly. Um, Let me stop giving away my IP. All right, all right. What if Derrick Rose never tore his ACL, bro? God damn. What if Katie never left and ran it back one time with OKC, man? What if Kawhi never – there's so much shit we could talk about as well, too. Yeah, I, hey. Animated right now and just kind they of – They can animate it. it. <laughs> that could go crazy. That would that would go dumb crazy, bro. What? Yeah. Do a what if sample. Jordan didn't take that year off? Ooh, would he have won eight straight? Who knows, bro? I don't know, man. Yeah. And that would be kind of hard, man. We have to archive that joint, man. We exactly. Somebody's going to sit and take it, though. <laughs> Somebody's going to take that shit. We ain't going to motherfucking credit. <laughs> Moving no. on from that, man. Other topics that I just kind of want to, you know, throw out there as well, too. We can make these short within... So I ask it, give me your opinion, why, move on to the next one. In your opinion, who is most likely to win MVP this upcoming season and why? One player. Most valuable player this coming season. 
and why MVP, MVP, MVP of the league. Won it last year, Joel Embiid. Nah, he missed too many games, so they gave it to Nikola Jokic. Um, I could see like a um, a Luka Doncic, um, the steam. Uh, they hit the, they've been making the playoffs somehow, or no, they, they they've been making the playoffs, but if they get a little bit further, um, just the numbers he puts up, the kind of fandom he has, um, I could see somebody like a uh, Luka Doncic. So, yeah. Luka Dodgers is your answer. That's interesting as well, too. I can definitely see that as well, too, but I think that's going to depend on, like you said, their seating and then the level that Kristoff Porzingis can take as well, too, because for the most part, whenever you have an injury that kind of sidelines you and you're spending the offseason rehab instead of working on your game, we don't really see your progression until you have that full season under you and then also going into the next offseason practice. And so with them having a new coach, um, with Porzingis, you know, it looks like he was more so utilized as a spacer in the Rick Carlisle. So we're bringing in Jason Kidd with him actually finally being healthy now. Um, I think we're going to see the Porzingis that we kind of saw um, earlier on in his in his career with the New York Knicks. Um, and also incredible as well, too. So if he can be that number two, uh, you know, co-star to 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 Luka Doncic because they didn't have a great, great offseason. They more so just, you know, re-upped on their role players. And I think they have, and I think they have a great shot if they can finish the top three seed. My pick, it would probably be Paul George um, with what he did in, in, in the playoffs this past offseason with Kawhi Leonard. Um, knowing him, he likes to be fully healthy. I don't, I don't, I'm ruling out Kawhi Leonard playing this, this season, even if they, maybe even they go to playoffs, I'm ruling them playoffs. So with, with, with Paul George, um, basically having the keys to the team, being that number one option, um, the team re-upping and retaining their players and in, in which they took a deep playoff run for Kyle Lou being this, the new, the new Zen master, uh, Reggie Jackson being more comfortable re-upping as well too. Um, Terrence Mann, who I believe is going to take that next step. I think they're going to be one of those teams where they don't have to figure it out. They already have their identity. So I think they can kind of take off as well too. Um, and like I said, I think he's going to embrace this challenge as well, this opportunity. So I, I, I imagined him either uh, kind of marrying uh, his playoff numbers or I kind of see him marrying his MVP season, MVP caliber season where he had with with uh, alongside Russell Westbrook when he averaged 28 points um, as well, too. But if they can get a top three seed and he's putting up, let's say, 38 and five and they're a three seed, top three seed, I definitely you got you to gotta take that into consideration, missing missing your 1A player, um, you know, to give it to him as well, too. Plus, with their brutal schedule, they have five sets of five games in seven days, which is tied with Portland for the most in the NBA. They have eight an eight game road trip from January 19th through the 31st, and they That's have crazy. ten games that start before one o'clock Pacific time um, as well, too, which is which is ridiculous to me as well, too. Um, so if they can overcome those odds, stay healthy, get the one through three seed, and they build on what they they build on the habits that they had last year. Um, I think they'll. I think Paul George would be that that uh, diamond in the rough who wins that uh, MVP um, as well too. So that that's my picks. We got Luca from Trey, and we got PG thirteen from Cersei's as well too. All right, who do you think has out of all these players? I'm going to list, and, and then you say why. 
Who is most likely to be a first-time All-Star? Who has the best shot this year? LaMelo Ball, DeAndre Ayton, De'Aaron Fox, Lonzo Ball, John Collins, John Morant, and why? John Collins. John Collins is on Atlanta, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. LaMelo Ball, the star power, the um, constant media attention. Um, he's just he's their ticket in Charlotte. He's going to be the reason that they are going to get nationally televised games because LaMelo Ball is playing down there. Um, and he's the person with, I mean, his brother's played in the pros a little bit longer. Um, John Morant, it's just a situation in, um, in Memphis. And I think, you know, there's a lot of guys that kind of can do what he does. We might see him in like a skill challenge or something like that. But, um, I mean, I think it's not discounting from him, but, you know, the dunking doesn't really get you everywhere. Um, I think he has to take his game to a, 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 the next level if he, we are going to see him and as an all-star. Um, he's going to have to get that team to the uh, – to the playoffs, um, I think it's LaMelo Ball. Um, I think it's LaMelo Ball simply because uh, they're running it up. Um, hopefully, nipping at the bid and maybe getting that eighth seed in the East, which that's a whole different conversation. If I had to list out eight teams in the East, definitely with the revamps like Keat and stuff like that, like, it gets kind of scary out there. And, and teams that are sometimes pretty consistent in the East, even though they might not be televised and, you know, we might not see them all the time. Uh, being in there, but I think Charlotte has to take that leap and LaMelo Ball kind of does that kind of stuff unconsciously. He, he's a scorer, um, and they kind of, you know, they almost limited him a little bit last year. He had a few injuries and stuff like that, um, and right before the playoffs, he, um, he had hurt his hand or his finger or his wrist or something like that, um, so that even went into, like, that, that game spread they probably would have put him above that little notch to where they probably would have a little bit more favorable terms um, in those playing games. So I think LaMelo Ball takes that lead. Um, Lonzo was in a good position up in uh, uh, in Chicago. Um, does that make him an all-star? No. I think with the votes and, and you know, uh, there's, there's just a different kind of um, feeling and, and flashiness and, and commercialism that comes with Lonzo Ball. He's making literally the city of Charlotte uh, a destination uh, when it comes to playoff games. They haven't been for such a long time. Mm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I was looking at this list, man, and and by default, I was going to choose. If we saw someone who were to make it this year, out of all those names I play, out of all those names I mentioned, I looked at that list very carefully, and I and I really, really, really wanted to go with with Lamelo Ball. Like you said, he has the keys to the city. The, he would definitely get the fan votes as well too. Um, they're in the play in playoff playoff play in game hunt for the playoff uh, eight seven or eight spot as well too. Get to the so buzz. So so, get so to many <laughs> so 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 many players over here are definitely honorable as well too. But I'm really looking at this as well, um, at least for this season in particular. I think there's too many talented players in the backcourt, in a Kyrie Irving in a Bradley Beal, in a James Harden, in a Zach Levine, in a Trey Young who missed out last mm-hmm. year, which is crazy to me. I think there's too many players in the backcourt from both sides in the East and the West for any of those players to make it. So you're going with John Collins? Hell no. 
Sorry, <laughs> I'm going with DeAndre Ayton play, replacing Rudy Gobert. I think DeAndre Ayton is going to be hungry this year. I think he wants to be one of the best bigs. I think he shows so many flashes, um, not only the entire this season, but also in the playoffs as well, too. And I think he, since he's got to the championship, that championship uh, limelight, I think he's going to want to mirror that and prove people wrong. So I have him replacing Rudy Gobert, being a crazy defensive presence. And I think Chris Paul takes a step back. He's going to be the number two option behind Devin Booker. And I got DeAndre making his first all-star this year. That, that's my pick. That's my pick right there. That's my pick right there. They made um, him look a little bit crazy in the finals, but I feel you. <laughs> they definitely did. They definitely did as well, too. So, Trey Day, I got another segment for you as well, too. Start, bench, or cut? Uh-huh. Tell me who you start, why, who you bench, why, who you cut, why? Mm-hmm. Darren Fox, LaMelo Ball, Ja Morant, start, bench, cut. Who you fucking with? I got to put some respect on De'Aaron Fox's name, too. Um, I'm going to start. Damn, that's a tough one. Tough one, I know. So Shout out to Warren. You made that. <laughs> I don't. I need. I need De'Aaron Fox's stats from last year. They suck. I got you. The stat guru, Sir Caesars, got you, my nigga. Thank um, you. let me see. Fox, the two X's. De'Aaron Fox. Fox. No so De'Aaron Fox averaged twenty-five points, seven assists, four rebounds, um, and uh, yeah. Those were stats. It's not a bad gig, man. It's not a bad shot. Forty six percent from the field as well, too. Well, actually, forty eight percent from the field this year. I'm gonna start De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bench Lamelo Ball, and unfortunately, I gotta cut my boy Ja. Oof. So, so that shit went south real quick when we was going north. God damn, boy, I was not expecting that. <laughs> my shit is the complete opposite, which is freaking crazy i'm gonna start john morant because he took his team to the playoffs obviously it really depends on the kind of the team that's built around you but he's kind of proven the last two years he he can he has what takes obviously this is his first year (coughs) but i like proven so one i'm gonna start john morant two i'm gonna bench Lamelo ball from upside and three although we got to put respect on De'Aaron fox name you're in Sacramento, so it's kind of like when KD was sitting down with Bron and they were trying to pick teams uh, for Team Bron versus Team Durant. <laughs> they were like, who plays with Utah on 2K? Who who picks Utah? Who plays with Sacramento? Who picks Sacramento, bro? So, by default, sorry, Darren Fox. You got to be Putin and gone. He got to get out of there. The Kings, though. He needs to get out of there. That would be crazy if he can get out of there. So we actually see who he is. Right? I want to see who he is. Could that be for Ben Simmons? We don't know, man. There's so many more I would like pieces. that. That, that would be Shooting crazy. 46%? That's kind of crazy. That's efficient. And he and he may not be the best three-point shooter. I think he shot 31-32% this year, but he's a willing shooter. You know what I'm saying? And if you look at his numbers from his rookie year to now, people thought it'd be, it's crazy. He should have been the one drafted to the Los Angeles Lakers as opposed to Lonzo Ball, which is crazy, mm-hmm. but 
it probably wouldn't have worked out anyways because you wouldn't have gotten AD unless AD wants to play one more year and then be a free agent. Go over there, X, Y, and Z. Another what-if scenario, right? What if Lonzo Ball didn't get drafted and, and, and De'Aaron Fox did as well, too? Man. I'm saying, yeah, let's make some money. Let's yeah, make some money. Talk about that on the side. Um, great. Now, this one was so tough to me. Obviously, you know, we, we posted on the page yesterday as well, too. I may change my answer, but I want to hear yours first. Start, bench, or cut? Brandon Ingram, Chris Middleton, Jalen Brown. Tell me your thoughts, man. This may be the hardest start, bench, cut for me. I'm not going to lie to you. I am going to start... Damn. Okay. All right. I'm going to start. Woo, drum roll, hold gonna... drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. Okay. All right. All right what I'm you gonna... I'm going to start Brandon Ingram. Oof. I'm going to bench because he's going to come off the bench and go crazy. And these two are pretty interchangeable. Honestly, if I had to give my great, my, my best answer, I would start. You said Paul Millsap? No. Who did you say? <laughs> Brandon Ingram, Chris Middleton, Jalen Brown. Um, yeah, I would start Chris Middleton. Am I thinking about the same person? I'm I'm losing it now. Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton is Bucks, on. Bucks, 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 Bucks. Tall, forward, but he can score in in droves on a much right. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna start Chris Middleton. I'm going to bench. That's tough. I know. <laughs> That's why I say this last one, this best topic for last. I'm going to bench Brandon Ingram and cut Jalen Brown. Wow. 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 Are, are we actually brothers from another parallel <laughs> universe or something like that as well, too? Because I literally had the same, same, uh, you know, thought process as well, too. So for me, start Chris Middleton. He's proven. He can play within the system. He doesn't need the limelight. He can score all three levels. He's very efficient. Yeah. Finish the game. Bench. He's a finisher. He's a finisher. He's proving he's a finisher. He's got a championship. Uh, bench, Brandon Ingram, I was so torn going back and forth. Like, I really like Jalen Brown, but I feel like Brandon Ingram has more proven. And why I picked Brandon Ingram a little bit more is because he's more dynamic as a playmaker. Um, and I want to take that playmaking capabilities because Jalen Brown hasn't learned that yet. He's starting to still pass out of necessity, but his first option is to score. But Brandon Ingram, even though he can score, he's going to make sure he can get his bucket anytime, but he's going to make sure everyone else can get involved as well, too. So I put Brandon Ingram as benched, and then I'm going to cut Jalen Brown as well, too, even though he was the only all-star this year out of all three of them this year, which is which is crazy. Um, but, yes, that was the segment of Start, Bench, Cut. <laughs> really enjoyed that. This is episode 115 of the season show featuring Trey Day XXIV, best co-host ever. Um, yeah, you know. Last comments. Uh, last comments. Um, nah, but for anybody out there struggling, man, it's crazy. It's a crazy time, man. Just um, find a routine. Really find a routine, man. You can just find yourself in a rut. The seasons change. It's talking about, um, you know, winter depression, cold weather depression, um, and these and these kind of like coming months, man. Um, find a routine, find some people to talk to. Um, and uh, I listened to a, a message just about um, 
not focusing on feelings as much, but rather focusing on kind of like what's actually there because you have so many feelings and you don't want to be numb to anything. Um, but you, 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 you do, you don't want to be on that roller coaster of a ride. So understand your feelings for what they are, but focus on kind of things that are at hand, um, but, but also be organic as well. Um, find, you know, healthy people to be around, uh, get a, get a healthy routine. Um, and, and find some outlets, like I was talking about earlier in, in the show. Um, and, and, you know, let's take this thing on together. It's not easy times. Um, who knows if the times are going to be easier? Let's remain optimistic. Um, but, but as these months get a little bit colder, a little bit darker, um, you know, reach out to somebody, um, talk to somebody, uh, surround yourself in healthy space, get that, you know, 30 minutes to an hour of sunlight each day. Um, and, and really stay down. You know, you know, you're not alone in any of these processes. Um, re, you know, again, the biggest thing: reach out, reach out, reach out, reach out. Um, and, and seek that community, seek that 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 person, those people um, that put a smile on your face, that thing that puts a smile on your face. Um, let's keep it rolling, man. Because the same thing is it's sunny and it's bright. Um, it's a little bit darker, but it's lighter in the sun. You know what I'm saying? So let's all, let's all make it to that springtime or that, that summertime. Uh, when the lights are shining and you know we're having fun, um, so that, that's that's just my message for the end of the show, man. So so hold it down as it gets cooler and and, and, and darker, and you know love on him, love on us all. <laughs> Damn, you always got you always have the right words to say. So <laughs> never really no point of me adding my last two cents. So I appreciate your spoken <laughs> words. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 115 of the Caesar Show featuring Traded XXIV. Make sure to subscribe on all forms of social media at Sir Caesar's at the Caesar Show at Traded XXIV. We out. Peace. <laughs>